Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Mercy and grace, we give you thanks for a wonderful time to know you and to be in your presence. We give you thanks, Lord, that you have come into our life to set us on a different course. And we have attended to your voice. We have heard your calling. We have been set aside for purposes. I pray tonight, Lord, that you give us understanding. And tonight we would be set free from the curse, that you would reverse the curse in our lives, Lord, to be able to start journeying into the purpose of God. And Father God, whatever has transpired before this day, Lord, that we could take it to the cross, that we could nail it there, God, and see you turn the tide so that we not live in the current and in the trajectory of those that ran before us that walked differently. Give us a heart to serve you passionately. Give us thoughts that are sold out unreserved with no deception full clarity of purpose and passion. Fill us with your spirit that your word might abound richly in our hearts that we not sin against you, that we be confident in the service that we're offering to you every day of our life. And we declare, oh God, that you, your great works and that what you have destined to do in our lives will come to pass for your glory. Prosper your word tonight in our hearts. Make it a good seed planted in each life that would give forth a harvest that is fruitful and that glorifies your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. One of the concerns that I have, and it's come up in many conversations, is that we're all too familiar with the sins of uh, our forefathers, those that went before us. Um, there was a young man that visited a cemetery plot and there he's a drug addict and he mugs he burglarizes an old lady and he takes her wallet and she calls the police and she describes the man and they catch him like three blocks down the road and he came, comes out on the evening news as the man who, you know, it, it makes for a great sensational story. Who goes to the cemetery plot to mug an old lady? You got to be rotten. You got to be twisted. You got you to be under the effects of like massive drug addiction or God knows what. But as a young man comes home after school and is watching the evening news, he sees the mugshot and it's his father. His father is the one that this 15-year-old son sees on the news, a big picture of his dad mugging an old lady. And so the young man calls the police department and he calls his pastor and he says to the pastor, can you help me call the police department so I can meet this old lady? And he's, his father left him when he was about seven years old and now he's 15. He's never seen his father again. He sees him on the evening news mugging an old lady and he calls his pastor and he tells the pastor, let's call the police officer. And this young man is going to the middle school there in the same town. And he's going to go on a band 
uh, field trip where they're going to go to another city and they're going to perform because he's part of the band. He plays the drums. And he tells his pastor, I want to meet this old lady and I want to ask her uh, to forgive my dad. He wanted to apologize for what his father had done to her because nobody had apologized. And the old lady still stirred up. She's about 75 years old, 80 years old. And so the pastor arranges um, with the police department to come to allow this young man to apologize on behalf of his father and to tell the old lady, forgive my dad for what he did to you. And she says, you know, uh, I feel better now that, that somebody's taking responsibility for something that happened that was awful. I felt horrible. And then it doesn't stop there. He pulls out his wallet where he has his field trip money, $250. And he says, a woman or ma'am, uh, that which my father stole from you, I want to return. And he gives the lady $250. And so she says, I'll accept it and thank you very much. And, and I feel even better now. Well, ultimately, the lady turns around and says, now that you gave it to me and now that everything is settled and I feel right, I want to give you, this money is mine, I could do whatever I want with it, I want to give it to you so that you could go on your field trip. And so we see here the mending of a young man for the sins of his father. We see the, the young man who says, he says like this on the interview at TV, he says, I fear that I'll repeat and become like my father. I don't, he's like, I don't know if when I get older, I'm going to be like that guy. And, and so God, when I see these things, I'm like, Lord, there must be a lot of people that, that have become very acquainted with the culture and the genetic development of what has gone on before them that has been real twisted and rotten and, and, and feel that you know, that, that weighs heavy upon their heart. And so if we go to Revelations 22, verse 3, we see this, this verse here speak very pointedly uh, of what will be, verse 3, what will be the conditions of our life uh, in heaven uh, before the throne of God as we serve him in eternity. And, and I love this. This is one of my favorite Bible verses. There shall be no more curse. The elements of things twisted, those things that, that compel a, a heartache for us, those things that, that cause nauseousness at the deep part of our being are those things that we could describe as a curse, things that are twisted, things that are not supposed to be like that. Uh, again, speaking of, of the destruction of the marriage relationship where there is a separation of a husband and a wife. Um, the man I was talking to earlier today who missed his appointment with the missionary and looked at me like saying, you're going to be another one of those guys that are not going to reach back at me and talk to me. So um, that gentleman was talking about having separated from his wife after 15 years of marriage and having three kids and they're, they're still bitter and they're still hurt. And, and all I could see, if there's, only, if there's any reason why we drive around a truck in our church that calls for saving the marriage, it's just that. It matters to us. It, if there's anything in our realm of possibility or potential to avoid that destruction, I want to be a part of the answer. And, and it's because Christ comes into our lives 
to reverse the curse. Christ comes to, to make sure that, that he takes the full blunt of the consequences of things that happened before us so that they don't happen over us. And, and so here that verse in Revelations 22, 3 that talks about there shall be no more curse. There shall be nothing more that will reflect a twisted identity. Uh, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, in that, in that kingdom, and his servants shall serve him forever. And so as we live in this life, and, and we will describe the many expressions of what are things that are curses in our lives, we, some of us might think that it is normal. Um, and so we won't even acknowledge it as a curse. Um, the description that I have is a young man that is in Guatemala City or in some Central American country that lives at the trash bin, these children that live there. And they're the consequence of many generations of parents who decided not to follow God and to serve him and to know him. Their children are down there at the dump. This is the city dump where all the waste is thrown and, and the boys are going through the garbage trying to look for food. And so the only food that they might have ever seen of something called an apple is something full of worms and very rotten. And for them, this is lunch. This is the best thing that has happened to them during their day. And so many of us are living uh, super twisted lives, thinking that it's supposed to be like that. Super abnormal conversations. Uh, in many families, the only way they could communicate is cursing each other out. And it's normal. And, and telling each other off. And, and speaking things that are bad and you stink and you're no good and you're, and, and they don't realize that the culture is toxic. It's twisted. And so uh, Galatians chapter 3 verse 13, the reason Christ came to the earth, the Bible says, is to redeem us. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So Christ wants to come and address that in our lives. The ill effects of destruction. Those things that hinder our development. Things that happened along the way that have affected our ability. Um, I was totally convinced I could never do good in school. Totally convinced. And, and, and then you have people that are in places of prominence like teachers that, that would speak those things over us. And I remember my last, um, there was two guys. Uh, one of them was Dr. Becker. Uh, the other guy, um, he was a, he had a, a, a name like Woolmouth. There's a, a weird name at community college. Uh, he says, you will never be an attorney. You'll, be, you'll never be a lawyer. You won't, you won't be able to compete. You won't be able to thrive. You won't be able to be successful at that level. But Christ came to, uh, to redeem me from the curse. Christ came to, to turn all that cursing into blessing. And, and, and that has been a reality. So in this regards, uh, 
um, tonight what I, I want to make sure is that we're not holding on to those things that have passed down from generation to generation and it's become normal uh, for many families uh, divorce is is that curse that it's a matter of time season and place where they say you know something we've been married now for 20 years it's time to get a divorce when there was never supposed to be a day in the life of man or woman where they would experience the effects of abandonment of separation, of not being loved, of not being cared for. Um, and so Christ wants to address that in our lives. And, and to that extent, sh shall we not address this? John chapter 20, verse 23 says, if, if you're able to dismiss 20, 23, John 20, 23, if you're able to dismiss, to forgive the sin of any, they are forgiven them. If you're able to release people from things that you, you know, the, the thing with forgiveness is you, there has been an offense. There has been transgression. There has been issues that, that should not have been. And he says, if you forgive sins, they are forgiven. But if you retain sins of anyone, they continue to be held. If you, if you continue to bring to the surface things that have actually occurred, um, these things will continue to dictate the atmosphere and the climate of your existence. That means your whole life is captive to something that happened in the past that needs to be reversed. That means the order of the curse that's functioning in your life. And, and I want to tell you as a youth pastor uh, for five years from the age of, I believe, 25 to 30, um, we had a very successful youth group and many of the children that would come had no fathers. There's a, a lot of divorce and a great majority of those children who were in that youth group, super healthy, dynamic, talented young men and women, they all had serious, serious stomachal problems. They had the stomach ulcers. They couldn't digest food. They couldn't eat, uh, many of them couldn't eat pizza because they had too much tomato. It would irritate. And all from age six, seven, and eight, when their parents were going through a divorce, and the nerves... Their, their digestive juices devoured their, their stomachs with, with ulcers and concerns and nervousness and things that were not. Um, they, they tell, the psychiatrist will tell you of uh, post-traumatic syndrome, which is something occurs in your life which is so traumatic that for years you will continue with the symptomology so if you go to war and a huge bomb explodes right next to you, you live with the effects of that bomb going off the rest of your life. And you have no control over that scenario. So that again is, is what we're trying to address tonight. I want to make sure that tonight we reverse the curse. Tonight we say, devil, get out of my life. I'm not going to continue to live in the past of the realities of the things that occurred 
that were never supposed to occur. So there it is. Jesus says, if you retain these sins, they will be retained by you. But if you release them, they will be released. Now, many of the times, uh, to not forgive and to let go becomes a very contagious element. And so many times, if you uh, something happens with you with regards to a spirit of rejection, that's a curse. And then you go into marriage, and every time something pops up that causes you to feel the sentiment of rejection, you lash out like a, like a mother bear that's being uh, robbed of her cubs. And your husband's like, what happened? I didn't take out the trash, okay, so what? And you just feel, but, but the, the curse and the effects of things that are underlying there are setting the tone for the relationship. And many people, uh, these recurring uh, destruction of relationships, this is what's taking place. Um, Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. When Moses tells God, show me who you are. Show me the dynamics of what I'm working with to be able to, to move ahead in the purpose that you have. He says, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, he's merciful and gracious, full of mercy, full of grace. He's patient, abounding in goodness and truth. Verse 7, and in that dynamic, keeping mercy for thousands, for forgiving iniquity, letting go of transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, but visiting with iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. The visiting of iniquity of the fathers that is tracing the next children, the grandchildren, and the great-grandchildren. A cloud of, of cursing. That they don't even know why it's, it's hitting them. One of the, one of the um, examples we have, our pastor in Nicaragua, Oscar, uh, he says he was 19 years old. He's running down the street, and all of a sudden, a bunch of demons just came upon him and threw them to the ground, and he began going into a seizure and foaming at the mouth. And when they take him over to the place where the family worshipped to the witch doctors, they said, yeah, he's chosen to be a warlock, a witch. This is the, 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 the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. Why? There was heavy, heavy witchcraft being practiced in that family. And he was, he was not looking for witches. He wasn't looking for witchcraft. He was, but the sins of the fathers, uh, those demons that have authority come upon the children to the third and fourth generation and and so that we have the dynamic of alcoholism drug addiction um, in in our family there was there was men who committed suicide so so you have thoughts uh, I recall being very young and driving down the street and and an incident happened in my life I break up with a girlfriend I'm, I'm, I'm very young and I'm listening to the Chicago's greatest hits and then here comes a voice throw your car in the canal and I said, what do you mean throwing my car in the canal? I'm not going to commit suicide. And, and then I noticed that the Chicago's greatest hits, the spirit of depression, and I grabbed the CD or the tape or I threw it out of my car. 
and, and, and started breaking those voices in my life that were coming from generations that actually people in my family listened to and went and killed themselves. And so we need to be a people conscious of the fact that Christ has given us the strength to reverse the curse and to tell whatever voices are speaking. If you come from a family line that cheats on your wife and you can't be faithful and there's spirits of love, you tell them, listen, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm going to reverse the curse. That's what Christ came to do in my life. I don't have to carry on the destruction uh, of, 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 of separation, infidelity, uh, of all these things that continue to fall upon the children to the third and fourth generation. So different, um, different ones of us, if there's a strong spirit of self-pity, you know, your great, 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 great grandmother was the most, she was the self-pity queen. And, and you're learning and walking in that sentiment and you, you know how to put your eyebrows in a certain way. You know how to, you, to position yourself and, and don't take that. Reverse the curse. And, and I've, I've said, and I don't know what's going on, but I've never seen any, any happy-go-lucky uh, old men in my family for years. They're all grumpy. So I said, I'm not going to be a grumpy old man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the happiest old man that, that people have ever seen. I refuse to age with grumpiness, you know. And so these things are the things we need to address and say, you know something, I'm not going to be like my grandfather. I'm not going to be like Mauricio says. I'm going to break the curse. Uh, going back 50 years, uh, getting girls pregnant out of wedlock, unwanted pregnancies. He says, I'm, I'm going to break the curse. I'm not going to let that define my last name from this day forward. My kids are going to have a father that honored their mom. And, and then in the context of marriage, uh, what Omar did with Erica with respect to setting the... T man, when his kids see that, they're going to know what a man is. They're going to know that, that, that there's solid methods of engagement uh, before uh, you, uh, you do things that, that are going to be a lifelong shameful acts that will continue to carry that cause. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 11, verse 26, see, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. This is, this is where uh, my life took uh, a direction for the light and for, for the blessing. Deuteronomy eleven twenty-six, 26. And Here's what I knew before I was 16 years old. They, in Spanish, they say life is una cajita de sorpresa. Forrest Gump said life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. That's straight from the pit of hell. You do know what you're going to get. You decide what you're going to get. I set before you blessing or curse. You decide if you're going to appropriate yourself of the order of blessing and live with joy and with peace and prosperity by doing the right thing. Or you set the, the travesty, the devastation of the whirlwind of a nightmare because you do things out of order. You do things out of season. You don't listen to anybody. You, you have flushed obedience down the toilet. And so he says, I set before you today blessing and curse. When I saw it with that clarity, verse 27, he continues on to say, the blessing, say with me, if you obey. If you obey. That's the element. There's no sentiment. Well, I felt. Well, I thought. 
Well, she said, well, I was, there's none of that. There's if you obey, you're going to be blessed in the commandments and instructions which the Lord gives you today. Verse 28, and the curse if you do not obey. Look, look how powerful that is. It's so simple. It helped me out uh, so much in my life to know that if, if I set my heart towards obedience and I listened and I put things into my life, um, that I would not continue to carry on the destruction that was in my family line. If you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but you turn aside, you have to willfully decide to wreck your life. You have to willfully decide not to obey, which I command you today to go after other priorities, other gods, uh, gods because you bow down to them, which you have not known. That's, that's not the order uh, of what the Lord has set. So we, we must settle these affairs, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of those who went before us. You have to be conscious of the fact that the people who went before you um, did not regard God. They did not know God. They did not establish a course for their lives after the Word of God. The Word of God has always been upon the earth. Um, I was talking with, with uh, George Caracol this week. And I was saying, I don't even know my great-grandfather. Don't know. I know one thing about both of the great-grandfathers on both sides. They didn't instruct their children in the way of the Lord. They didn't teach them the Bible. Because my grandparents on either side did not uh, conform to the order of God's word. Had they done so, it wouldn't have taken 20 years for me to find out. I would have heard about my grandfather's wisdom and of his righteousness and of his world-changing ways. I would have heard of a legacy and inheritance where when I go into uh, Cuba and, and I go visit the, the small town they're from, there's, there's no stories there that, that gave glory to God. There was no stories there that, that set, uh, you know, years ago here in Miami, uh, we found out that that a pastor in the Bahamas needed a van, a 16-passenger van to get the kids to Sunday school. So we partnered with a church in, in Tennessee, and we sent them a, a van. Guess what? I know for a fact one day that that's going to have a harvest. That's going to have something to the effect of one strong young man will raise up. He says, this bus always stopped at my house and picked me up. And he becomes a great evangelist and pastor and world changer. And, and, and we never know. The same things with the operations in Nicaragua. We know we're, we're sowing righteous seed. We're walking in blessing. Um, and so that has a harvest that, that falls upon our children to the third and fourth generation. They're going to be able to, to, to walk in these places and, and have the benefits of godly parents who went before them. So as we talk about this tonight... Um, we need to visit what our grandparents did. And, and the two verses I have, one in Nehemiah, where Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 5, he makes, he inquires of God and he says, Lord, forgive my fathers for what they did to dishonor you. And, and I think that that will be a place we need to go to tonight. Nehemiah 1.5. I pray, Lord God of heaven, 
great and awesome God, that you who keep a covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Verse 6. Let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open that you might hear my prayer, the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins. He's saying, I want to release the sins of the children of Israel, which they have sinned, both my father's house and I have sinned. You can go there. You can go and say, you know something? My father sinned and didn't tell us about the Lord. Um, he taught us on how to be lascivious, lewd. Uh, many of us were taught to go look for uh, a pompous, uh, outgoing prostitute of a woman. And then our lives are wrecked and we wonder why. Uh, uh, the story of our pastor in Mexico, he leaves his wife and goes into a bar and, and he seduces and is seduced by a woman and then he's surprised that she cheats on him and leaves him. And I'm saying, listen, if we were set on the course of destruction, why are we going to sit there and wonder why things are so messed up? But our fathers had a lot to do with it. Uh, many of the Latino fathers will take their, their sons to a, 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 a what's it called, a, a strip club. They'll take them to a bar. They'll take them to get drunk. They'll take them to, um, to a, a whorehouse. They, they'll try to find some type of, of sin that ties their son onto destruction. And, and so you wonder why later on so much travesty befalls. Uh, again, we're going to address that tonight. The sins of our father's house that have sinned against God. Verse 7. We have, we have acted very rotten, corruptly against you and have not Stay within the parameters of your commandments, the statutes, the order which you commanded your servants, Moses. So here, Nehemiah is visiting, and, and I want you tonight, we're going to have an opportunity to do that, to come to the altar of the Lord and say, Lord, this trajectory, um, for, for some, I was talking to a man today in an interview, we did a radio program, and he says, well, my father, super honorable. He never took me to a whorehouse. He never, I said, listen to me. Had your dad walked like God wanted to him to walk in blessing, he would have given you the word of God. So self-righteousness is even a curse. To, to be so dignified, oh, that was, that was your experience, but I didn't, listen to me. Um, we all have different strands of this virus of a curse that has, has come and infected our hearts. And, and self-pity is one, and self-righteousness is another. Um, arrogance. Oh, I don't want anybody to find out. Destroy that, because it's destroying you. Destroy that uh, appearance of piety that nobody, I, I, I deal with a lot with the young men, uh, young men who don't have fathers go through a, a series of all sorts of messing up and falling and tripping. And, and I tell them, don't be ashamed. Bring it out to the light. Bring it out to the light and boast in, in God who wants to raise you up in, in that area where the devil wants to shame you. God wants to give you glory. Where, where the devil wants to strip you naked, the Lord wants to cover you. 
and he wants to protect you and embrace you. So uh, sometimes, uh, and this is many times why the church is empty, because the men don't want to come in and be confronted for their nakedness. He says, I was naked and ashamed, so I hid. And so that, that's our father, Adam. And so he's, Nehemiah is there praying for the, for the sins, his sins, the sins of the people, and the sins of the father. And, and we need to go there and say, Lord, you know something? I have this, uh, in many uh, families, uh, there's never been a good husband. So, so that we like, uh, I'm not going to get married. Or if I get married, my account's going to be my account and his account. Listen to me. All that is strands of the effects of curse. That, that, that is the, the fallout of not having the ability to be loved and embraced and cared for. So you don't even have to defend yourself if you come and say, Lord, I want to break that in my life. I want to break that in my life with respect to not allowing these things to take precedence on my attitudes and my words. Um, Daniel chapter 9 verse 7. Daniel prays also and he's saying, Lord, righteousness belongs to you. Daniel 9 7. But to us, shame of face. And it is this day to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Israel and all those near and those far off in all the countries to which you have driven them because of the unfaithfulness they have committed against you. So he is raising up a prayer also in verse 8. He says, open shame belong to us. The attitudes and the sentiment of the men who went before us has caused effects in our lives. And so shame belongs to our face, to our kings, our priests, our princes, and our fathers because we've sinned against you. Verse 9, he says, to the Lord our God belong compassion and forgiveness for we have rebelled against him. So, in this tsunami of curses that are falling upon us, um, it was funny, yesterday we were watching, or the day before yesterday, we were watching a, a man in the Midwest, and they, in the summertime, they buy a pool, and they fill it up, and it's above water. And imagine how many gallons it must be, uh, thousands and thousands of gallons. And at the end of the summer season, he will sit with a chair, and um, his son and daughter will sit next to him. And this is the end of the summer because winter and the fall is going to come. It's not the time for the pool. It gets very cold. So he will slit the pool and it will burst with thousands of gallons and just. And so him and his son and daughter, they just go down the hill. It's supposed to be like a ceremony for them. He's a hillbilly. You can figure. And. Um, and so he, he thinks that that is the greatest thing that could happen at the end of the, it's a ceremony. But for some of us, it hasn't been water. For some of us, the tsunami of the influence and all hell has let loose and has drifted us down the hill. And so today we say, Satan, I'm not going to be one of those that are going to allow this, this current to wipe me out. 
I'm going to be like Nehemiah. I'm going to be like, like Daniel. I'm going to confess the sins of my father that didn't do it right. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to face it. I'm going to overcome it. I'm going to confront it. And then I am going to overcome. I'm, I'm going to rise above that influence and that current. Um, so I, I want to tonight to get your hearts ready to deal with all that has befallen us. And I'll tell you, there, there are different areas. Um, you can define things from the destruction towards you, or you can define things from listening to God. And God says when, when all our families broke off of their relationship with God, and, and you figure out who it was. It was a grandmother. It was a great-grandmother. It was 10 generations ago. Nobody. We're first-generation Christians. We're first-generation people that are reading the Bibles and, and speaking about God's order. When we call our son a prince and our daughters princesses because we are recovering, revealing the principles of God. What does God say about something? And then you line up with that principle and it, it, it brings a lot of peace in your life. It brings prosperity. But the Bible says, I believe, and I'll look for it real quick. I believe it's Romans 5, verse, let's try 21. Yeah, that's it. We all know that all this started. You don't, you don't have to go back to, oh, he's talking about my grandma tonight. He's talking about my granddad. No, 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 I'm talking about Adam. Adam, it says back there, uh, let's go to verse 20. I'm going to have to look for it here real quick. The Bible says that, that all this began in the Garden of Eden. 19. Yeah, verse 19. Romans 5, 19. Yeah, there it is. As by one man's disobedience. And, and this, is, this is the gateway. Ready? Your disobedience destroys the next generation. Your inability to see God. By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Many came under the curse. Also, by Christ's obedience, by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. And so here I am, 16 years old. Uh, Nick is not in the picture. My wife is not in the picture. Uh, my, my other three children are not in the picture, and I decide. I, I'm not going to concern myself with what my grandfathers and my uncles did. I decide I want blessing and not curse. I want obedience and not disobedience. I, I want to prosper, and I don't want to be stripped naked and, 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 and reproach and shame. So here it is, as by one man disobedient, many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, many will be righteous. I'm, I'm excited tonight about those of you that are prepared to say, Father, forgive me for what my dad did. Forgive me for what my grandfather did not do in seeking your face. Forgive him for his adultery. Forgive him for his abandoning our home and his marriage. Forgive our forefathers for the debauchery the, the craziness, the boasting in sin and destruction. Um, I remember Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 19, a verse that we use a lot, and, and we talk about how 
our fathers allowed us to inherit. Surely your fathers have inherited lies and worthlessness, things that do not profit, unprofitable things. What are the priorities of this life for those that don't seek God? It's money. It's, it's, it's at all expense to seek pleasure. That's their priority. And, and that might be also something that, that you want to bring before the Lord tonight and say, Lord, you know something? There hasn't been one member of my family as far back as I could remember that has put you first. There hasn't been one member in my family as far back as I could remember that honored the house of God, that brought, that brought the first fruits of their blessing and their prosperity. Um, amongst the Hispanic culture, there was a comedian that said, um, what, they asked him, what are you going to do if you get a large inheritance of money? He says, I'm going to go get a beer, I'm going to go gamble, and I'm going to go get a prostitute. And uh, and, and, and some other guy says, and what if you don't? Well, I'll just stick with my wife, and I'll just have a beer, and I'll go to the backyard. And, and then it was a big laugh and a roar. Listen to me. That is a curse, that we would have these men in our community, and that, that we would be laughing and mocking to these things. It was funny until it happened to us. Um, uh, the famous Willy Chirino who, who writes a song about having an affair with a prostitute. And all he could remember about that night, she had black socks. And so he, he, he writes a, a song of how special it was to be. Listen to me, that's our heritage. And we have to tell God, God, forgive us, the, our ancestors, for their twistedness, for their ungodliness, for their darkness. Um, when Carlos Santana picks up his guitar and is gifted and, and plays his talented, gifted music to uh, the, the, the God of thunder, the God of, of debauchery. And so we see the Hispanic culture filled with these dynamics and we can't appreciate it. Um, tonight, God wants to deal with that. And, and I want you to particularly start honing in to, to personal sins, um, things that are personal to you, but also generational sins, things that... that deal with your family. It was very common in Cuba when anybody needed anything to run to a witch doctor and to get some type of, of, of uh, medicine or cure or potion or, or go out and stand in the ocean at, the, at, the, at a full moon. Uh, all these things are, are things that are passed down from generation to generation astrology, gambling. These are, these are all things that are embedded and we need to be able to come before God and say, God, uh, expose these things. The, the affect, uh, there are people that, that they allow their emotions to leave the realm of God's order. And he says, don't let anger fall upon you. Don't give a foothold to Satan. And Satan doesn't have a foothold. He has your whole leg. Because you continue justifying. Well, look what they did to me. Look what happened. And they're real. And they're intense. Um, sometimes I have this right here that, that I don't know if to what extent you're able to see this. But this was a young man I met last week in Orlando. And, and I said, Eric, tell me a little bit of your life. And he says, my father died when I'm 13. 
And as he died, me being 13, the first thing my mom did is she took us to the orphanage in New Jersey. Her husband dies, and she has five children. The oldest is 13, the second one is 12, and they have three small ones. She takes them all over to the orphanage and drops them off. And he says, why did mom do that? Why did mom give us up like if we're a pair of old shoes? And now he's not 13 no more. He's 34, and I meet him in Orlando. He says, Joaquin, you don't know the dark side of human nature. We were raped. We were molested. We were abused. We went through so many things. Me and my older brother, he says that he and his older brother, 13 and 12, spent five years in the orphan, uh, what's it called? It's the foster care in New Jersey, going from family to family. He says that nobody wanted to adopt them, but they adopted his three little brothers. And so they, they were small. They were like six, three, and two. And the little ones were taken, but he and his brothers stayed in that place. And then he says like this. I don't know if we have a, a microphone here. Here is one. I want you to hear and, and truly the vulgarity of his, because he wrote a, a, a he wrote a, 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 a picture word of his life, and he says, uh, as he was sharing it with me, I said, I want to I wanna record that, because there we see the sentiment of what somebody goes through, and it could very well be you, and this guy now is 34, he's married, he has four kids, and he continues to live the rage of having been abandoned by his mom and the death and loss of his dad. He was, he was never able to come uh, before God and say, God, this is not for naught. This is not for my destruction because you don't plan any destruction. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you to give you a future and a hope to do well and not do evil. But if you're not listening to the word of God and you allow the curse to continue to invade your heart, you allow it to, to destroy you. And here it is. This is a young man. He's not too young now, but he's 35. And um, actually, he's 39. And he writes the story of his life. He's stuck at age 13. Watch this. Again, um, in your own ears there, beep when he says a bad word, all right? Because this is not edited. How you doing? Um, my name is Wise. They call me B Wise. Um, just met Joaquin, and we got discussed uh, life and uh, what young men go through. And um, I have a biographical rhyme slash poem that um, he was interested in recording. So here we go. Um, feel something warm down my leg. My brother peed the bed. My daddy beat me till I bled till the day he was dead. I guess his work was through, and I guess mama was too. Cause she signed me and fam away like some worn out shoes. Now I'm pissed, tight fist, 13, I'm in diapers. This is wrong, I must write this out of five, I'm not opus. A rebel without pause, they got rules, F y'alls. I catch some counselors off the floors, I'm breaking laws with their jaws. Yo, dear mama, I'm twisted. I went at night, how you rested? See, your son got molested, you gon' little regret this. I swear when I'm a man, I'll never go that path. They separate me from my child, they had to bury my ass. And I'm going to marry their mother, unlike my sisters and brothers. They'll be ready for the world because they know that I love them. 
I raised Selena, Mesa Ray. I said goodbye to LA. It still kills me to this day. My big partner passed away. Wiles raised the pistol, put it dead to his temple. Eric makes it complicated, but the thing is real simple. You leave a note, you pull the trigger, then they come with the chalk. Damn, Eric opened his mouth and then began to talk. He said, I'm looking back on life, it's down your barrel, I stare. You in the way, I don't care, cause I don't see shit there. I took one and I'm still here, so I'm easily scared. I'm done, lost everything, son include my soul. Family, friends, eyes and ends, just to eat, I stole. Prison time took every dime of sanity I could spend, and then lies were the lines to the years that I lent. I wish dreams would be reality, but dreams don't come true. If a man is nothing without his dreams, then what the F do I do? So pull your trigger ahead and buck, see if I give up. Being dead is better than being a duck with no luck. Boss cocked it back, I pulled the trigger, the thing was stuck. In an attempt to commit suicide with a gun because his life was so dark, the trigger gets stuck. He says that he would never do what his mom did, yet he's done three marriages and he's abandoned his children because those sins that you retain, they will be retained. And he carries them on to the next relationship and the next relationship. I believe that God wants to set us free tonight. And, and in that course, let's go ahead and ask the musicians to come forward. And for you to say, Lord... I want to once and for all receive the work of the cross where you redeemed us from the curse. You became a curse for us. And there, all the sentiments and the affections of the disloyalty, of, of the treacherously, of the infidelity, of, of the overpowering, uh, the mutations of our soul that continues to walk in self-pity, self-righteousness, um, uh, expressions that God never wanted you to walk in. Uh, you're destroying grave relationships, important relationships, because you keep on going back to those years where the devil was bringing his tsunami over your life. Let's stand tonight and say, God, we want to recognize that these things are present. We want to break the curse and give Jesus full reign and lordship in our life. We want to not only recognize the curse and break it, we want to reverse the curse and forgive people who have hurt us, people that Satan has used to cause symptoms of insecurity, jealousy, fear, to prevail in our hearts. And, and ultimately, the curse is fully broken and reversed when you're able to express unfettered love unfettered compassion. This is what I told somebody today. I said, for a long time, I walked in, in deep hatred towards anybody that would, would cause me to feel the sentiments of, of rejection, of, of uh, betrayal, of, of hurt, of harm, of offense, of trespass. And then, and then because of Christ and his cross, all that turned into compassion. I'm going to see people do whatever, and I'm just saying, you know something? Nothing is going to separate me from my capacity to walk in the blessing. I'm going to be a blessing to my life. I'm going to be a blessing to others. I'm going to be a blessing to God. Because the devil, it doesn't have an influence. He's not weighing heavy on my heart. I've been able to develop an attitude that is godly, align myself with the Word of God, and accept being able to, to live like like God wants us to live. I'm not going to justify 
Or you don't know what happened to me. You don't know what, look how ugly you get. You just get all bitter with the curse. And God wants to make you sweet. God wants to transform you and renew your mind and allow you to be an instrument of righteousness and of blessing. The altar is open. I invite you to come and tell God that, God, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing away with the curse of the past. I'm doing away with situations and sentiments and, and, and those things that maybe in your life you didn't even do. And they're anchored in your heart. And they're dragging you in the course of pulling you away from, from God's purpose and blessing in your life. So the altar is open. As we sing this song, I want to pray for you. Just come forward, kneel down at the altar and say, Lord, I'm here to reverse the curse. I'm here to pick up uh, garments of praise garments of peace, garments of forgiveness. I'm not going to allow what has been done to me to define and to dictate my future. I'm not going to be like Eric Wise, 34 years old and still hating and despising my mom because she let me go when I was an orphan. Little did he know God is raising him up as a prince, as somebody who can know what the heart of the orphan is the heart of uh, the abandoned. So we'll sing this song once. You're talking to God and take it to the address. Take it to the place, to the time, to the people. You've been abused. You've been abandoned. You've been raped. You've been molested. You, you walked in abortion because your mom took you to the abortion clinic. And, and that wasn't you and you didn't know. But get, have the opportunity tonight to say, I want to reverse the curse. Everything Satan wanted to do in my life, in those incidents, in the detail, in the description, the, the post-traumatic effects that have lingered on, I want to leave them in the presence of a faithful and mighty God. Holy Spirit, right now in Jesus' name, you are invited to minister to the hearts of your people. You are invited to come and to saturate every place of pain every place of darkness, every place the curse has prevailed and been pervasive, a tsunami and flood of an affect and an attitude that is not from God, that is not intended to glorify our God. Hallelujah. So what can I say?